Good morning, church. Good morning. Good morning. I, uh, man, I was in the back. I was in the back right here in the zone. Christian's got my seat now. I was in the back in the zone just listening to that music. And my wife and I celebrated 12 years of marriage this last week. And so, thank you. So I looked across the room, and she's in the back, and she's dancing with Jordan. And she's swinging her around, and they're clapping, and she's dancing, and they're singing praises. And it was like I fell in love with my wife just that much more again. Because I looked over and started to cry, and I'm like, I can't cry right now. Yeah, right? So I, I was, I'm watching it, and I'm like, man, I just fell in love with my wife just a little bit more again. And that was great, right? So, um, all right, guys, we've been on this ground-level view, ground-level. Oh, men's breakfast yesterday was nice. Come on now. Where's all my Hungry Jack fans at? Man, it was great. We had a great time. Men's breakfast meets every first Saturday of the month. We do it at Lumberjacks because that's about the only place in town that can hold our group. So uh, Lumberjacks it is every first Saturday of the month. Don't forget, 8 o'clock, come there, be, be there or be square. All right, recap. I love to recap. We've been in Jacob, right? We've been in Abraham, and then we went to Isaac, and now we're in the story of Jacob. And we talked about blessings. Right? We talked about blessing. I told you, what does blessings look like? Remember Jacob declared, when Jacob said, the God of my father has been with me. I said, that's what his blessing has looked like. Because everything that you would consider the blessing didn't look or sound like a blessing of how you would define it. Right? Because first he took his brother's birthright, and he went in and deceived his father, and he took that blessing. And then his father actually blessed him when he sent him away. So he received the blessing of his father. He received the blessing of our heavenly father. And then he left. And what did his blessing look like? On the way, he was scared. He was nervous. He had a dream. He put a rock on a pillar and named that place Bethel, right? And then he went on to the land to meet his uncle. And for 20 years, things didn't go his way. That's what his blessing looked like. How many of our blessings look like that? Very confusing, Pastor Chris. Why is it that when I came into this church and I gave my life to the Lord in 2012 and I expected things to go a certain way because I was going to stop living the way the world wanted me to live, it's been nothing but tragedy and heartbreak and, and things didn't go as I planned. Well, I always tell you, write your plans in pencil because God's got a big eraser. But look, right, so, so, so here's Jacob. He's gone on this journey. He's done all that. Remember he married, remember he first ends up with the woman he doesn't love, right? Now he ends up with the woman he loves. He has all these children. And last week we talked about they, they left. Well, a couple weeks back they left. They're on their journey back. They're now in the land of Canaan. He's, re, he's already come across his own brother who wanted to kill him. They've embraced. He still didn't trust his brother, didn't go with him in the direction his brother was going, and he went where? He went and, and, and created and set up his own stake, bought land from Shechem in the land of the Hivites. He bought it from the father, Hammer, but bought it from Shechem, and that name Shechem continues to be used here, just like the name Dina was brought up. And so last week we looked at Dina's defilement. 
What does that word defilement mean, Chris? Could we classify it that she went out and she was touched without her approval, right? Was she? I don't know. There's a lot of scholars who waver in the lines here, and I can give you an example of why, which would help you lean in the direction I am. Because in the book of Deuteronomy, when it declares what a rape is, a woman has to protest and scream and yell out that she's not okay with it. But in Dina's story, that didn't happen. Also in Dina's story, she was willing to go and live with this man afterwards who it says he was in love with her. He, he, he wanted her. He wanted to be with this, with this woman, right? So what led to all this? We talked about it. We talked about it last week. That desire to be a part of the world. Her desire to be a part of what was going on out there led her to places she shouldn't have been, hanging around dudes that she shouldn't have been hanging around with, and got herself caught up in a situation where no, don't stop sounded like don't stop, no. Got herself in a lot of trouble. Created absolute chaos. What kind of chaos, Chris? Well, we're going to read it today. So, I can tell you guys so many times I've heard this. I don't do church because I grew up Catholic. I don't do church because the Old Testament God is a God of wrath. I don't do church because there's an Old Testament God and a New Testament God, and you try to tell me they're the same, but I don't believe it. I'm so tired of that argument. The justice of the Lord does not always look glamorous. Even today. He gets our attention. Have you ever been offended? Have you ever been offended by me up here? Good. Not yet. Hang out. Just keep coming, Bill. The justice of the Lord doesn't always look glamorous, especially when taken into the hands of men. Without approval. There's a reason we go through a chain of command, right? It's a chain of command. There's a council here, and when I want to do something, I run it by them. I discuss it with other people. We have an area pastor who's up in Reading. We chit-chat every now and again. We talk about what's going on here at the church. And you go above that level to Foursquare, we have a regional area pastor who oversees the small regional pastors. And then Foursquare on a whole, we've got, we've, got, we've got people around the nation representing us. There's an or, a level of order, right? Well, we're going to read today that two men are going to take things into their own hands without any level of order. And crazy things are going to happen. So remember that Dina's desire for the world put her in a vulnerable position. Our desires to be a part of this world similar to hers will lead to complications in your spiritual journey. Truly will. We're going to pick up here. We're reading in Genesis 34. We're going to finish what we didn't finish last week. In Hammer and Shechem, oh, I'm sorry, everybody, if you want to open your Bibles, we're at Genesis 34. We're starting at verse 20. It's going to be up on the board. It's going to be up on the board. And Hammer and Shechem, his son, came to the gate of their city and spoke with the men of their city, saying, these men are at peace with us. Therefore, let them dwell in the land and trade in it. 
Ask yourself this question. Why did they need to be at peace with them? Let's remember last week. Dina's been defiled. The brothers found out. Simeon and Levi, they are her biological full brothers. Right? Simeon and Levi is who we're going to read about today. They are Dina's full brothers and sister. So these men are at peace with us. These men are at peace with us because five minutes ago, we were about to go to war over these decisions, that, over what happened here today. So, therefore let them dwell in the land and trade in it, for indeed the land is large enough for them. Let us take their daughters to us as wives and let us give them our daughters. Only on this condition will the men consent to dwell with us, to be one people. If every male among us is circumcised as they are circumcised, will not their livestock their property, and every animal of theirs be ours. Do you see the motive here? Yeah. We're not looking for peace. We're not looking to make things right. We're looking to come up. That's what they were looking for. They were looking to come out and take advantage of this situation. Only let us consent to them, and they will dwell with us. And all who went out of the gate of his city, he did hammer and Shechem his son. Every male was circumcised. Painful. All who went out of the gate of his city. Now it came to pass on the third day, on the third day, I like that. The third day. You all know, this is, yeah, you got the third day down? All right, third day. On the third day, when they were in pain, that two of the sons of Jacob, Simeon and Levi, Dina's brothers, each took his sword and came boldly upon the city and killed all the males. Wow. That's that Old Testament wrath stuff I was talking about. That this God you love and worship is like this evil, punishing God who allows horrible things to happen to people. No, I don't think so. It's not what happened here. However, however, there's some howevers in there. And they killed Hammer and Shechem, his son, with the edge of the sword, and took Dina from Shechem's house. Now, why is Dina at the house? Because I told you already, it's been pretty clear that this was not a rape. This was consensual relations, but it was not approved. That's right. Thank you, brother. So let's keep going here. They took Dina from Shechem's house and went out. Where was her objection to being there in the first place? There was none. She wanted to be a part of the world. Okay? The sons of Jacob came upon the slain and plundered the city because their sister had been defiled. She'd been made unclean by the world. They took their sheep their oxen and their donkeys, what was in the city and what was in the field, and all their wealth, all their little ones and their wives they took captive. And they plundered even all that was in the houses. Let's change direction. Then Jacob said to Simeon and Levi, you have troubled me by making me obnoxious among the inhabitants of the land, among the Canaanites and the Perizzites. And since I am few in number, they will gather themselves together against me and kill me. 
I shall be destroyed, my household and I. But they said, should he treat our sister like a harlot? What just happened there? These two men took justice swiftly and into their own hands. However, remember I said there's some howevers here. God allowed this to happen. This took place. These men are going to lose out on the blessing later. These two men are going to lose out on the blessing of their father later. Why? Because they acted without instruction, discipline. They did not go to their father to ask if it was good, to, to, to discuss what should be done. They didn't. They took the matters into their own hands. But guess what? Israel benefited from this moment. They, Israel came on top. Everything that the Canaanites had planned out, oh, we're going to get their wives. We're going to get their animals. We're going to get everything. Guess what God did after these two guys took all this into their own hands? He gave all that stuff from the Canaanites to them. It says it right here in the story. They took everything. Everything. Everything that was in the fields, their wives, their little ones, their oxen, the sheep, the donkeys. It's going to be in the notes. I'm going to bring it back up in just a couple minutes. We're going to go through it again. They took it all. Israel came out on top. Have you ever heard me tell you this? God is the only one who can take your wrong and make it a right. But Chris, that's that wrathful God stuff you were talking about. Maybe it is. Maybe it is. Let's look at the story again. Dina left home a virgin, but returned defiled for loving the world. If you love the world outside of this sanctuary and you desire to be a part of it and you want to go hang out with the boys or you want to go hang out with the ladies, the likelihood of you returning defiled is extremely high. You ever seen the fire danger thing? I don't think I've ever seen it be below danger anymore. Even in the winter here, our thing says it's an extreme fire danger, right? Unless it's raining. I don't even think they change it. They just leave it up. The rain will end in a couple hours. The fire danger is still just as high. That's the danger of going out and trying to be a part of the world. Somewhere there's a believer in Christ who might just take things into their own hands and go to make justice for you. You're putting them in harm's way. Simeon and Levi. If the world did something to my daughter after my daughter wants to go out and become a part of this world in the next two years and some find out some crazy story from high school, my first instinct is going to be Simeon and Levi. Period. Human. But whose fault is it that my daughter wants to go be a part of this world? Bingo. Dina's desire for the world came with many consequences, did it not? She was defiled, was going to be unable to be married in the future. 
That's out. She's brought disgrace to Israel. What they did was disgrace in Israel, as it was put, as the sons of Jacob said in our earlier in the chapter. Remember they said that. This is a disgrace in all of Israel. Here's what it was really about. Dina wanted a good-looking rich man instead of an Israelite. She wanted, she didn't want Jesus. She wanted that guy. He's handsome. He's a prince. My dad bought land from his dad. That's how much money he has. That's who I want to be with. This is the problem. She did not realize the consequences of her sin until it was too late. And her sin would bring destruction upon an entire people. Her sin, her one little sin, would bring a destruction upon an entire people. She put herself in harm's way, was defiled, and this caused the massacre of many people. Now, does anybody remember what Jacob did to Esau? And then what would you call that he did to his father? There's a D word here. Deceived. Jacob deceived his father. Well, like father, like son, generational passing, and sometimes you got to be the one to say, I'm going to end the cycle. That is a decision I've made in my life. I'm going to end the cycle of dysfunction. My kids are going to go to church. They're going to know Jesus. They're going to know what's right. They're going to know what's wrong. And I'm going to do my best to love them so that they don't want to go be a part of the world. Have I failed? Sometimes yes. Do they know Jesus? Yes, they do. The sons of Jacob, like father, like son, had a plan of deceit. They planned the whole thing out, you guys. These two guys had the whole thing planned out. They prepared a covenant. Remember what covenant means? It's a cutting. The cutting. You remember what we talked about the cutting was? They would take the animals, they would cut them open, they would separate the halves, and one party would walk through, and when you walked through, you were saying, I'm doing this in agreement to do this for you. You were in service to this person. That's how the covenant worked. But remember we talked about how God made covenant with us where he walks through, and you don't have to do anything. These guys prepared a covenant. They deceived them. I got another story I'm going to share with you after this of the same stuff. That God of wrath stuff. Because you know something? Love triumphs evil. Love triumphs evil. They prepared a covenant cutting offer. <laughs> They assumed these men would not conform. 
right? We don't got to worry about them saying yes. They're not going to do that. Here, here's a flint rock and a knife. You and the rest of your friends over there, this is our offer to you. Take it or leave it. And we'll dwell with you. And we'll marry with you guys. Sorry, forgive me. These idiots said yes. They said, yes, we'll do it. Why? Because they had, a, they had a motive. They didn't do it just to marry and make peace and be right. They did it because they wanted Israel's animals, the livestock. Where I got it right here. If every male among us is circumcised as they are, will not their livestock, their property, and their animal, and their animal of theirs be ours? There was a motive here. So they said, yes. The Canaanites naively with wrong motives accepted the covenant. Okay, that sounds like a great idea. We're with it. In this next story, you're going to see that again. Okay, here's what happened now. Let's go over it quickly. The Canaanites reviewed the benefits. I told you. That's what they looked at. How do we benefit from this? They sought out Israel's livestock. They sought out Israel's property. They sought out Israel's animals. And they sought out Israel's women. Right? I just shared it with you again. I wanted you to be clear that I'm not making this stuff up. It was right there. That's what they wanted. My favorite part of the story, bullet point four, you would probably say that Chris's word is planned, but it's hoped. Things didn't go as hoped. Things didn't go as planned for them. A, they were in pain. It said after three days they were in pain and healing. Woo! While weak and healing, the sons of Israel slaughtered every male. They took justice into their own hands. These two men took justice into their own hands. Israel took the sheep. Israel took the oxen. Israel took the donkeys. Israel took what was in the city and the fields. Israel took all their wealth. All. I love to use the word all. Israel took all their wealth. Israel took the little ones and wives captive. Israel plundered what was in their houses. Israel got everything. Everything. In this story, Chris, I don't know if I agree with that. I'm sorry. In this story, the instinct of Simeon and Levi was correct. They sought justice. But the problem was they took justice into their own hands. They didn't go to their dad. And why not? Why didn't they go to their dad? Well, let's remember. Their mother is Leah, not Rachel. He doesn't love Leah. Number one. Number two, 
When the situation occurred, we read last week, Jacob said nothing. Fear set in on Jacob. Why? You heard what he said right here. You've troubled me by making me obnoxious among the inhabitants of this land, among the Canaanites and the Perizzites. And since, here, let me spell out my fear. This is why I said nothing. This is why I was quiet. And since I am few in number, they will gather together themselves against me and kill me. I shall be destroyed, my household and I. Fear. So Jacob didn't do anything. Jacob didn't turn around and go, God of my father Isaac and God of my father Abraham, we have been done wrong and we need swift justice. And then the Lord may have appeared to him in a dream and said, have Simeon and Levi take care of it. And then it would have been okay. But they didn't do that. They didn't do that and Jacob didn't do that. The instinct of the human nature was right. We need justice. It's okay to want justice. It's okay. We have laws. They make the land just. It's okay to want justice. But taking justice into your own hands, we call that a vigilante. It's not okay. So in this story, the the instinct of Simeon and Levi was correct. However, their actions caused their loss of the blessing. At the end of Genesis, when Jacob dies, these two don't get blessed. And he says it's because of this instance. Did you know that? Amen. A deceptive covenant should not have been dangled over the pagans. Make justice what it is. They did it with deception. Why did they do it with deception? Well, because they already didn't do it right in the beginning. They didn't go to their father to let him take care of it. Nobody went to God. They just took justice into their own hands. And what happened? They lost their share in the blessing. Chris, did they lose their place in God's kingdom? Absolutely not. They certainly did not. On occasion, however, God used a Simeon and Levi and a Jehu as instruments of judgment. Would you like to hear that story? Good, I'm going to read it to you. Then Jehu gathered all the people together. This is from 2 Kings. And said to them, Ahab served Baal a little. Jehu will serve him much. Now therefore call to me all the prophets of Baal, all his servants, and all his priests. Let no one be missing. These guys are Israelites. These prophets of Baal are Israelites. Let no one be missing, for I have a great sacrifice for Baal. Whoever is missing shall not live. But Jehu acted, I love the word here, deceptively. 
with the intent of destroying the worshipers of Baal. And Jehu said, proclaim a solemn assembly for Baal. So they proclaimed it. Then Jehu sent throughout all Israel, and all the worshipers of Baal came, so that there was not a man left who did not come. So they came into the temple of Baal, and the temple of Baal was full from one end to the other. And he said to the one in charge of the wardrobe, bring out vestments for all the worshipers of Baal. So he brought out vestments for them. Then Jehu and Jehonadab, the son of Rechab, went into the temple of Baal and said to the worshipers of Baal, Search and see that no servants of the Lord are here with you, but only the worshipers of Baal. So they went in to offer sacrifices and burnt offerings. Now Jehu had appointed for himself 80 men on the outside and had said, If any of the men who I have brought into your hands escape, whoever lets him escape, it shall be his life for the life of the other. Now it happened as soon as he had made an, uh, an end of offering the burnt offering, that Jehu said to the guard and the captains, Go in and kill them and let no one come out. And they killed them with the edge of the sword. Sometimes God uses people as a judgment of, as an instrument of his judgment. He did that in this story. He did that in both stories. Only Jehu was acting under the direction of God. And Simeon and Levi were working under the actions of their instincts and themselves. Big difference. Even though these two men lost their share in the blessing, I told you, they didn't lose their place in God's kingdom. Today, God wants to use you as an instrument of his love, not his judgment. The judgment seat is waiting for everybody, including us. God wants to use you and is an instrument of his love. It's okay to offend when you're speaking the truth to somebody. Did I offend you? Good. I wouldn't mind if I did. That's the truth. These two men acted out on their own without God's provision, and Israel came out on top from it, but these two men lost their share of the blessing. Do not go and act out on your own. Do your best to love your children, wives, and family so that they don't desire the world. So that you don't get put in a position where you have to go out and Simeon and Levi somebody. Come on! No way, huh? Said every father. No way. Our job is to be an instrument of God's love, not his judgment today. You guys excited about next week? I haven't told you what we're talking about, Mike. I always do say it's exciting. Ground level view, Old Testament, ground level view. We'll probably take a New Testament break between Genesis and Exodus. I'll do some New Testament stuff. Preach you some good news, get you fired back up, like Skip when he's up here with worship, and then, then we'll go back into Exodus and talk about the reasons for the need. Right? I like to point, it all points to the cross. It all points, all points to the cross. All points to the cross. I'm excited because soon, soon we'll be in the life of Joseph. And I love Joseph's story. 
He's your first image of a Savior. He's your first image of your Savior. Anybody going to go out this week and be a Simeon and Levi? Good. It's okay to be a Jehu. Just checking, making sure you're all awake. <laughs> you Jehu. You Jehu. You Jehu'd that guy. I could totally tell you were poking at him when you were reading scripture. You offended him. You offended him with God's word. Amen, Mike. I, I, don't, I don't have much more for today. I tried to keep it short. I wanted to get everybody out of here by 11, and I'm three minutes over. I want you to go out today and be an instrument of God's love, not an instrument of God's judgment. That is not our job. My job is to share with people the good news about Jesus Christ, that he can set them free from sin, that he can set them free from their defilement, that he can wash them and wake them as white as snow, and he can do that for them, and he can do that for you, because he's done it for me, and he wants to do it for Jehu. Anyways, uh, I love you all. Let's pray. Father, I, I thank you for your word, Lord. I thank you for... I thank you for Jacob, Lord. I thank you for this story, Lord. I thank you that we get to understand, Lord, on a deeper level why, why we make the decisions we make, Lord. We can identify with human beings on a human level when we read your word. When we spend time in your word, we get to understand who we are, why we are, where we are, why we think the way we think, why we do what we do. Lord, I just, I, just, I just get to know myself that much better, Lord God. It was like watching my wife, Lord, dance with Jordan this morning, Lord. I saw something, Lord, that I hadn't seen. And I thank you for that. Help open my eyes, Lord. Help make me not a Simeon and not a Levi, Lord. Help me to not make it, take justice into my own hands, Lord, in, in my ways, in my walk, with my words. Lord, we obviously know I'm not going to whip out my sword and chop somebody's head off, but sometimes, Lord, I can open my mouth and be an instrument of justice, and I am not in the place to do that. I need to be an instrument of your love, Lord. I thank you, Lord, in advance for what you're going to do for everybody in this church. We're going to be back here next Sunday, ready to hear your word, excited for your word, ready to be fed. I thank you, thank you, thank you. In Jesus' name, amen.